0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time of day it might be where you're listening, it's always a great day to live life inspired and energized with fitness and faith. This is your fitness and faith coach, Mike Kipp, and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. In this episode of the Fitness and Faith podcast, we will examine a view from the beach. You'll hear about the prize of three hymns, and we'll visit with Richie Hutchins. Richie, serves as an associate pastor in Washington State and leads a group participating in Spartan races. We hope you'll enjoy it. Today I'd like to talk to you about my view from the beach a few weeks ago. I was sitting out there and I saw the sand, the water, the waves, the sun, the breeze, They were all there as I gazed across the beach along with many, many different types of people. Lots of them, and all different. Short, tall, young, old, skinny, and plump. Various skin shades, languages, and accents. Along with the various types of people, there were also variations of the type of enjoyment each was finding on their beach adventure. Some were enjoying the water, boogie boarding, body surfing, and swimming, Youngsters jumping over the waves and diving under the waves. Some were floating on rafts and tubes. You may have noticed I didn't mention any real surfers. That's because I was in Galveston, Texas, and the waves were not very big that day, to say the least. I noticed quite a few folks playing in the sand. There were football and soccer games. There were sand castles being built and bodies buried up to their heads. A few individuals were intrigued with the spots where the water and the sand meshed with each other. They were doing a little dance back and forth as the waves came and went. The people seemed to enjoy having their feet cooled by the rolling waves, but didn't want to go all in, if you know what I mean. Many of them were gathering shells that tumbled up with each new wave. I witnessed many who were soaking up the warmth of the sun's rays. They didn't mind the heat and the sweat. Others stayed under the shade of giant umbrellas where the sun's heat was deflected and the breeze allowed the view to be enjoyed more comfortably. I saw a very pregnant woman flying a kite, and off in the distance, I heard the screams of those who chose the excitement of the beachside amusement park rides over the sand and the waves. Out on the rock jetties, I could see those who loved the sporting side of this area as they cast their bait into the surf, hoping to land a fish for their effort, and I saw those content with walking or biking along the seawall. So, you may have started to wonder, what's my point here? Well, here's my point. There were so many people enjoying the same stretch of shoreline in so many different ways. I didn't sense that they felt their way was the best or only way to enjoy the beach area. The way they happened to be enjoying the area was just the best fit for them based on their unique perspective and on their experiences and their expectations for the day. It reminded me of our unique journey down life's path. Most of the people I noticed on the beach saw the beach as a wonderful opportunity to enjoy the day in their own unique way. The purpose of their day at the beach was enjoyment. That enjoyment obviously took on many different forms. Our purpose, your purpose, my purpose is really simply to love God and love others. But just like those people at the beach, each of us has unique experiences, perspectives, gifts, and abilities that allow us to demonstrate love in different and unique ways. Our ways will be different from each other, but no more or less important than another's way. We will feel most fulfilled in this life when we find our perfect fit in loving God and His creation. And that's what Fitness and Faith Ministries is all about. We coach individuals in living life inspired and energized. We are here to guide you to your perfect fit in loving God and loving others through fitness and faith. It's time, once again, for a Fitness and Faith Funny. One Sunday, a pastor told his congregation that the church needed some extra money and asked the people to prayerfully consider giving a little extra in the offering plate. He said that whoever gave the most would be able to pick out three hymns. Now, there's a reward for you. uh, For the next service. After the offering plates were passed, the pastor glanced down and noticed that someone had placed $1,000 in an envelope in the offering plate. He was so excited that he immediately shared his joy with the congregation and said he'd like to personally thank the person who placed the money in the plate and asked if that person would raise their hand. Way in the back of the church, Rosie, the church's oldest member, shyly raised her hand. The pastor asked her to come up to the front. Slowly, she made her way to the pastor He told her how wonderful it was that she gave so much, and in thanking her, he asked her to pick out three hymns for the next service. Her eyes brightened as she looked over the congregation and said, I'll take him and him and him, as she pointed to the three most handsome men in the building. for the humming noise you may hear in the background. A few weeks ago when we were recording this, we were using or trying out a speaker system with the phone interview, and we couldn't tell until we did the editing that there was a humming noise in the background. So I'd like to apologize for that, and hopefully you can put that in the background and, and listen to the words. Thanks. Appreciate it. Today we are joined by Richie Hutchins. He's the associate pastor at Christ the King Church in uh, Burlington, Washington. And he joins us from, I think, the top of a hill somewhere so he can get good cell reception. (laughs) Richie, thanks for joining us today.
1: Uh, You're welcome. It's my pleasure.
0: Hey, could you tell us a little about your church and describe your position and responsibilities?
1: Yeah. We are a non-denominational church. Uh, we started here in Skagit County, in Washington, and we were started by a man named David Browning, and he was definitely has the uh, well had the uh, apos- apostles gifting that's for sure. And my responsibilities at the church are really to um, well. It's funny that we should have this uh, interview right now because my responsibilities have actually changed greatly. Um, in February, Dave was diagnosed with a inoperable brain tumor right on top of his brain stem, and it was the geoglastoma kind, which did not allow them to get in there um, and do surgery on it. That was in February of 2017. And shortly thereafter... Uh, his m- short-term memory started to go, and he really felt like it was appropriate for him to step down as lead pastor because he couldn't remember things and didn't want to be involved in, you know, um, in a bunch of conversations. If somebody said, "Well, Dave said this," you know, obviously he couldn't defend himself, and so he kind of looked to his best friend and right-hand man to step up. Uh, Pastor Cliff Tadema in Mount Vernon, Washington, and he really uh, took over for Dave. Dave kind of handed him both the CTK um, network resources nor- n- reins as far as CTK worldwide. Uh, he still has an accountability board over him, a CTK council, um, but then also kind of being my mentor. Uh, Dave asked him to help me step up uh, to the next level and I uh, get to that next level in my teaching abilities as well, and that's just a little snippet about the church and my responsibilities.
0: And a lot of change. We experience in life that one of the consistencies in life is change, constant change.
1: Yeah, that's one thing that we say at, at CTK is, hey, you know, if you don't like it, that's okay. Just wait a little bit and it'll change.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what we say about the weather here in Texas, which has been really uh, interesting the last couple of weeks. Can you give us a little of your background and how you ended up in ministry?
1: Yeah, I was born and raised in the church. We um, we had a strong family. Uh, my dad was a worship leader my whole life growing up, uh, but he wasn't a spiritual leader in the home, and that... Uh, that was something big for me to overcome when I graduated and uh, moved out of town and uh, was a big fish in a small pond with a lot of responsibility, and I came to uh, a big town of in the Seattle area uh, with no accountability, and I fell away from the Lord for a while. In that I, I became a, a journeyman or an electrician, sorry, in the union. And I worked my way through the ranks and became a general foreman eventually. I was uh, in the union for 15 years, and the last couple of years that I had ran work, it was it was kind of like I had noticed, and my wife and I can really recognize God really taking his hand a favor away from our work. Um, and I didn't know why at the time, but we started leading mission trips, and that first mission trip that we led to mexico um changed my life i found more fulfillment in that one week with 30 people at an orphanage than i had found in years of making six figures and basically having whatever we wanted monetarily and we came home and i told uh Pastor Dave, I said, you know, we're ready. We're ready for a change. And basically, uh, I I told Dave, I said, hey, you know, I need like a crusty old guy that can pour a bunch of wisdom into me. You got anybody like that? And he said, nope, not for you, Rich. And I thought to myself, "What, what do you mean? you're the pastor, you're, you're supposed to want to help me get deeper in my relationship with the Lord. And in the middle of my thought, he kind of cut me off and said, what about a pastoral internship? <laughs> and I told him no. And then he told me to go home and pray about it. And I thought, well, I just told you no, but okay, you're the boss. And lo and behold, two weeks later, I, I agreed. And, um, Four years later, uh, I made it through the ordination process, and uh, last September 1st was uh, our first. We had walked away from electrical and uh, uh, stepped on uh, CTK Burlington at the time uh, as a full-time pastor of ministries, associate pastor is what what we called it.
0: Awesome. And you mentioned a little bit about uh, your wife uh, and family. What... You have children, don't you?
1: Yeah, we do. Um, my beautiful bride, Jill, uh, we have been married, will be uh, 10 years on um, on May 17th uh, in 2018. Uh, we have five beautiful babies. We have uh, eight, four, two, and new. Oh, eight, six, four, two, and new. Sorry.
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> Little Clara natalie trey uriah and our last little sadie
0: you all y'all, y'all got a whole team going on there
1: <laughs> yes we get that often well how about you feel we figured oh go ahead
0: well i was going to say how about your physical journey um and then you know we're going to introduce to people the, this thing called the spartan races that i'm sure most yeah. of our people haven't even heard of so so, a little bit about your physical journey and how you've developed and how you ended up wanting to compete in something as I guess you'd call extreme as Spartan races.
1: Well, the funny thing is, is at one time, I was a very gifted baseball player. I had a scholarship uh, to play in Kansas, and I had mentioned that my father was not the spiritual leader in the whole and my grandfather started uh, dying when I was a senior in high school. Uh, the doctors had accidentally given him the wrong arthritis medicine for 20 years, which basically deteriorated his lungs. And instead of just coming up to my grandfather, who was a very hard man, he was a president of the bank, he uh, was intimidating to a young kid like me, but, man, He loved me, and I knew that, and I wanted to just ask him, Grandpa, do you know and believe in Jesus Christ? And I just couldn't do that. Uh, And so instead of going and playing baseball, I signed on with the union and became an electrician so that I could move in with him and be a good influence on him. well, the irony of the whole thing is that when I, went down to California after I graduated for, you know, the fun senior trip to go to, uh, you know, Magic Mountain and hang out on the beach and everything. Well, uh, he passed away when I was down there, mm. and uh, that that made me angry with Laura for a couple years. And so I figured, well, I guess he didn't want me to go play college ball, so I tried out for the Mariners, and I got uh, accepted – they told me that I'd have a spot on their uh triple A team, the Aqua sox, and could work my way up, but they said they were only going to compensate me six hundred dollars a month, which I don't know if that covers cost of living down there, but it doesn't cost it doesn't cover it up here well, and so d- I felt like God just kind of shut the door for me on that, even though I was physically able to play i I just feel like he took the passion from it and ever since then I've I've been very active whether that's riding dirt bikes and snowmobiles which those are my two passions uh outside of my family but I always was a de- there was always a desire to compete there's a, a desire to uh you know uh, just like the um a bunch of books that God has given people wisdom on. He's He's put a desire in us to uh, to conquer a quest, and really that is what brought me to um, the Spartan races. There is three events, and uh, there's the endurance, there's the beast, and there's the sprint. And basically, the the track is laid out usually. The larger of the two tracks is 14 miles and 30 obstacles. So that basically, those miles are through the woods, the wilderness, um, and through some fields. And then they randomly have these uh, obstacles set up throughout the run. But we always do the sprint, which is the smaller of the two. Courses, it's about five miles and twenty obstacles, and we're calling do it as a ministry.
0: We're calling five miles a sprint.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that is the crazy thing is that um, you know, just like CrossFit, just like you know, a lot of these uh, up and coming sports that are physical. Uh, you know, they they all create their following and by all terms and and measures, it could be defined as a cult. Um, it just depends on how crazy you are with it. But, um, for each of the three races, uh, it's a $500 purse for first first place. So if you were to win all three, you know, that's $1,500 for the week. That's, you know, that's a, that's a healthy wage. And so there are people that, uh, that, you know, go from state to state each week and run the races and and win, and there's a championship that's worth a lot more than that also. But for us as a church, uh, we do it, I lead it as a men's ministry event. Um, You can do it as an individual, and you can also do it as a team, and um, we sign up for the first time of the day that's um, competitive and timed, but it's not for the money. And in that, uh, we've been able to use it as an awesome team builder. Um, so if any of the obstacles are not completed, you have to do 30 burpees. Uh-huh. So the nice thing about doing it as a team is you can divide those 30 burpees up. There you go. <laughs> the only problem is, is if nobody passes the obstacle, then everybody has to do 30 burpees anyway. So Ouch. <laughs>
0: Um, Well, why do you think that um, both the physical and the spiritual uh, developments are important for us?
1: Well, I think that we just got to come back to Scripture on that. For me personally, um, you know, Jesus told Satan, we can't live by bread alone. We need the Word. And that's what, uh, you know, gives us our spiritual mojo, that that gives us that encouragement, that depth um, in our soul that, that allows us the capacity of thought that when uh, sinful thoughts come in from the enemy you know we're able to take them captive and battle them and i think it's so important for us to be able to be on that same level with our physical bodies you know we're supposed to uh, take care of our temple we're supposed to honor it um uh and i think when i have been in um, great physical shape. I have, you know, of course, a lot of endurance, which is a big deal. I, (laughs) I would have laughed at you if you would have told me that before I got into ministry, I would want to be physically fit to be able to, um, shoulder more weight as a pastor. And something that I'm finding out in my, very small amount of experience were actually one year and one day of experience so you know hold on to your hats everybody but uh... something i have found is that um, you know a, a a percentage of the body is really stuck in that battle uh, i want to do right uh... but i i i can't um, and you know it's, uh, paul speaks directly to it you know the things that i don't want to do i do the things that I want to do I can't um and I'm not doing those things and I I have been um very encouraged that the more physically fit I am the more um the more I have to give out to to the flock that I'm shepherding and be able to have more difficult conversations and kind of pick myself up after those conversations and go to the next one so it's been important for me for endurance in that aspect also
0: right at uh, Fitness and Faith Ministries, we talk a lot about being on the inspired and energized team versus being on the tired and unmotivated unmot- team. And a lot of times yeah. when we're dealing with people and things they're going through, uh, in a ministry sense, it's it, if you're not ready physically, you know, and you're tired or you're, you know, just your body's not feeling energized, it's hard to help others. It's just hard. Um, so I think it's really important for both of those uh, working together. How about personally your favorite form of exertion? I know you talk about the Spartan races and, and snowmobile and stuff like that, but you know, for you to get in shape, what's your favorite?
1: (laughs) Well, my favorite is definitely snowmobiling. I, I have always been an adrenaline junkie. And for me, <clears throat> Snowmobiling is such a, a workout but it doesn't hurt when I hit the ground when I fall off. There you go. So we yeah, so we have big mountains here. We uh the biggest mountain that's closest to us is Mount Baker. And I'm not sure about the peak. I wanna say the peak is probably about eleven thousand feet above sea level.
0: It might, it might hurt for if you... us. It might hurt if you fall off your snowmobile at that level.
1: (laughs) If you're coming to sea level, yeah. But it only takes about 45 minutes from my house to the parking lot to unload the sled. And the quietness of being up there really fuels me also. So I get the physical exertion. And uh, adrenaline rush get everything, blood pumping and everything. And then uh, when I take a break, it's so peaceful. And then, you know, get back at it and have a good four or five of those half an hour to hour sessions of really uh, burning a bunch of calories. And usually by the end of the day, my Fitbit says we're at 44,000 steps. So it's a, it's a good workout.
0: I think some people don't realize what, a, what an actual workout on snowmobiles or motorcycles or things like that are. You know, I, I read something a long time ago that motocross was one of the most physically demanding of any sport. You know, it's just people don't realize they think, oh, you're sitting on something. No, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. You kind of led into my next question, which: What is your favorite way to work on your spiritual self? You said you did some of that snowboarding or snowmobiling. Is that is that your favorite way to do that, or do you have something else to Um, to work on the spiritual? spiritual side? Right.
1: Yeah, I find a lot of that opportunity in nature. And man, I I was torn forever on coming into full time ministry. I was locked into greed and could not see the opportunity. But I really do feel that when it's quiet and I can actually listen, that's really when I grow spiritually. Now, of course, I I would be nowhere without the Bible. I would be nowhere without talking to our Papa. Um, those are givens for sure. But when I take breaks when we're snowmobiling or we have a uh, we have an enduro dirt bike club at church um so we ride the streets until we get up to the mountains and then we ride through the trails with our bikes and um just those opportunities to be quiet and listen uh and just to see god's beauty has been uh has been huge for me especially at home with five kids there's not a lot of quiet time.
0: What? I can't imagine. Um,
1: <laughs> and I think that Jesus has been a perfect example of that. You know, we look throughout his ministry, and the disciples are, you know, where the heck's Jesus? And, you know, Scripture says that he withdrew to a quiet place. You know, he went away. And he was on the mountain and then came down. Um, I think that that is, in my small amount of experience, has has been something that really... Helps me to get grounded and focused
0: actually our last podcast um, episode was about that about being in the great outdoors and, and experiencing God and relationships in that setting um, you know getting away from other things so the whole episode was basically about that do you have a favorite Bible verse you'd like to share with us
1: yeah um, Joshua 2415 As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Um, For me, I I, I wouldn't say that I chose that scripture despite my dad, because my dad is amazing. Uh, He was the best man at my wedding. I don't want to paint a picture that my dad is is not a good man, because he is. But I think that every generation, when God's got a hold of our heart we want to be taking our family to the next level um, and for me i've just really clawed onto that verse as a hope that the ceiling that my dad got to in his spiritual life that you know i was able to eclipse that with what i've what i have learned and that I want to be able to advance the kingdom even farther than what, or I would like my kids to be able to advance the kingdom even farther than I could, right. as in, you know, helping their floor get to my ceiling as fast as possible. And so for me being a family man, uh, that was extremely important.
0: Do you have a favorite quote?
1: I do. I do. Um, uh, a quote from pastor Dave, uh, which is uh, a little sensitive. I don't know if anybody's heard a, a lot of emotion coming through the phone for me, but uh, he actually did pass away yesterday morning. Oh, man. Uh, so it's been a difficult time. Uh, but one of my favorite quotes from him is keep the main thing the main thing. And that's all about Jesus' command that he gave. Uh, which he was being a smart aleck, of course, to the Sadducees and the Pharisees, um, but loving God and loving people, um, and that one, uh, that one will forever be in my heart.
0: I, I love that because I every almost every time I talk to people, and I talk about winning coming from a coach standpoint, but you know I really feel like winning in this life is all about loving God and loving others. That's, and and when people talk about purpose, I think that's what our purpose is, to love God and love others. It's finding our fit in doing that, that that we need to find. But, you know, people talk about searching for their purpose, and I'm like, well, I know your purpose. I can tell you that. It's to be loved by God and to love God and love others. I mean, that's the main thing, yeah. and, and that's what Jesus said, and and that's what you just said, and I appreciate those words. Um, we always end this with what I call the million-dollar question, and I, it might be your quote. Um, if you could only put one thing on a T-shirt or a billboard that everyone you know or with whom you come in contact could see every single day, what would that be?
1: Yeah, that would be kind of what uh, is in our mission statement Um that there's always grace for you. I think so many times, <clears throat> you know, we we, uh, you know, everybody's uh, in the world that's of the world is trying to keep up with the Joneses, and it's it's so easily spun and turned, and um, not good enough, and not enough, and you know the 15 other things that we're chasing, and I think it's just so important that people are able to see what Jesus did. You know, he, he told the, uh, the woman at the well, you know, go and sin no more. Um, you know, it, it's just uh, written on my heart that people would know regardless of where they've been or what they've done or what they've said that, that Jesus died for those sins regardless. And he knew of them before the foundations of the world. And if we could be uh, more gracious... Uh, to one another, um, that's what's on my heart.
0: Well, I appreciate those words. Um, How can people find you if they want to get in touch?
1: Yeah, if they wanted to get in touch with me, uh, they can uh, find me at our church email at Richie, R-I-C-H-I-E dot Hutchins, my last name, H-U-T-C-H-I-N-S. At ctkonline.com, or you can find us at ctkskadget.net.
0: And I will, uh, I'll have a link to y'all's website when this episode airs. Uh, Richie, I really appreciate you being with us. Uh, I know, you know, you just mentioned an emotional time that you're going through. I appreciate you taking time with us and time to find a spot on a hill so you can get good reception (laughs) or wherever you are in Washington. Um, but really appreciate, um, you visiting with us to give our listeners some, uh, some perspective and some different perspectives on, on being physically and spiritually fit. Really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad we had the opportunity to connect.
0: again for joining us for the Fitness and Faith podcast. Please be sure to check out our website at fitnessandfaithministries.org where you will find valuable tools and information like our blog, exertion video links, links to healthy recipes, and more, all designed to help you find your fit. Use the contact page to send us your Fitness and Faith funny or suggest someone who would be a great Fitness and Faith interview. Please visit the partnering page to see how you can become more involved with Fitness and Faith Ministries. And remember, it's always a great day to live life inspired and energized with Fitness and Faith.